welcome. My name is Douglas Getz, and you've found your way to the Diving and Thriving podcast. Here, we have enlightening conversations about how we can better navigate this sometimes crazy world we live in. From refreshing spiritual perspectives to tips about personal growth, the focus here is about how we can become better human beings. So I'd like to thank you for being here today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Jimmy, Jimmy, it's it's a pleasure to, to get you on here, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. Man. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for inviting me into your house. Thank you for having me here. It's a beautiful fire you have going, and you create such a nice warm atmosphere. So, yeah, man, I've, I've uh, chatted with you like a couple times today. Two different bars in Oakland and whatnot. Yeah, caught your attention, and you caught my attention. I was like, "Wait a minute, this dude's cool." Yeah, this yeah. dude's got some things to say. I love that you're a musician because I'm a musician too, and I love getting into that that scene more. And I'm happy to get you on here. And like last time we chatted at the bar, I was like, "Oh, this dude's cool." Like you got a lot of things to say, and I wanted to get you on the podcast. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, being I, I think being a musician is a good place to start for a lot of people. I think a lot of people pick it up and. I think it's a go- it's a good go-to, you know, it's a good habit to have. As, yeah. As many habits that we all have, I think having an instrument is, is a good habit. <laughs> it, it's sure is definitely a good habit. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, out of all the habits to yeah, have. Exactly, yeah. For so. sure. <laughs> for sure, man. But yeah, you, you've done a lot of things. You're, you've been like a sports player for how long? How big? Yeah. Looks, so, I can see your trophies so, right there. So it's, you know, my, my story, even from the beginning, like the first time I played, you know, this is this is a big pride point to me here, this, yeah. this trophy. Um, the first time I what played. What is that trophy of? Uh, that's, a, that's a championship football trophy. Yeah. So have you seen the movie Varsity Blues? Mm, probably. All right. All right. So it's my mind. Basically, it's, it's a group of guys that grew up together. They played football for 10 years together. And they end up going to the championship at the end. And they, that, that's kind of like what happened here. Yeah. And I started when I was seven. And me being as tiny as I was, my, my, my helmet actually didn't even fit on my head. It actually just rested on my shoulder pads. Yeah. So I couldn't look okay. left or right. I just kind of, it was kind of like my whole body moved, yeah. you know, when I moved left and right. And it was, it was like, it was hilarious because, you know, we were really poor. And, and when my dad, I think, spent like 70 bucks to, to sign me up that year. I mean, it was bad. It was, it was embarrassing to my dad because I was always on the ground and always crying. And it was bad. <laughs> and it was like, uh, you know, it was all the time. And then there was, there was things where like, there was moves where I would run away but like get to the ball first by out like swearing people as i just hated falling on the ground yeah but the 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 cool part about this is that you know he didn't let me quit and and after getting beat to you know just getting beat up i used to just lay on the ground until the whistle blew because if i got back up (laughs) someone knocked me over again (laughs) you know and so so but so it all comes to a head right it's the last game of the year We're, we're getting our asses kicked it's like it's something you've seen this before on tv so it's like a minute and 40 seconds left I haven't played, you know, everyone, it's raining out, it's wet, I got a, I got a perfectly clean jersey on, because I didn't, I was probably skipping around in the back, you know, doing yeah. something, but not playing, and all of a sudden, there's not enough people, and they need to put someone in, yeah. so they put me in, and it was like, and where do you do, you know, so you send the ball right where you, you know, wherever the hole is, yeah. and whatever happened, this is, this is at the end of the year, and I got my ass kicked every day, I mean, bad, cried all the time, and my dad wouldn't let me quit. And, his, and his, they blew the whistle. This kid stepped up. I nailed this kid for like a three-yard loss. And from that moment, it was weird. From that moment, we all came back. And that was the first year. Year number two, we went to the championship. Every year after year number two, oh, we went to the championship every year. I started every year. And it turned into like one of those, we were a fan. It was it's the same thing. We did it. And at that age, you know, we learned about things like dedication, spirit, guts, 
things that really, you know, um, sacrifice in a way that they just don't teach it anymore. Um, so <clears throat> that is a pride point because every year we lost in a championship. Yeah. But our, se- our last year, right before we graduated, we won. Nice. So, <clears throat> um, and me, and, you know, for me, the first play of almost every game was to me. I was the smallest kid. I used to, I used to step on the scale with all my equipment on and my helmet. They laugh. Yeah. And I started every and, – and the first play of every game came to my way, and I, boom, knocked these – now, once high school came and, and things got different, you know, people got bigger, I, I was not as um, – it, it became a little bit more challenging for me. But all the way through, up, earning up that, like, when yeah. you had the weight limit, it was uh-huh. – yeah, I was, you know. We got, I got what school were you with when you did that? Uh, Williamstown. Williamstown. I actually even had the jacket over there, too. It actually still fits. Okay. Yeah, so. Nice. But that was like, yeah, so that was like, a, you know, that's, so that was, that's, that's pretty much my story, I, I think. Cool. Um, so you, you've done football, you wrestled. Yep. yep what yep. other sports did you do? Uh, did you do any others? No, I did wrestle in college though. So that did, did that was my meal ticket. That's how I got to college. I only started too in high school. I played sixth in the state. Um, I transferred the day before classes started. Uh, no, uh, yeah, right before the day before classes started, I transferred high schools, which was something old school. And I basically I drove about 15, 20 miles to, to school every day my senior year. Yeah. Uh, to go to, to Williamstown? No, no, to get to Highland. I was from Williamstown. Highland. Okay. I drove to Williamstown I, I, from Ralph, Ralphie and said, listen, you come wrestle for me, then we'll send you to college anywhere you want to go. You'll get a ride. Yeah. And so that happened, that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was my first, that was, a fir- that was my first business deal. Um, so that was the first time I ever really started like, you know, wheeling deal. And, and the funny thing is about that, the reason why that's a pride point too is that there was three other people on the team that were really good, really raw, just hard-nosed, you know, un, uh, we didn't have a lot of experience, but we were just tough kids from Williamstown. No one brought the sport there, and uh, all four of us talked about leaving and going together to another school uh, when, they, when they fired our coach because this one coach found us yeah. and kind of, kind of built the team around it. Uh, but I was, only, I, was only, I was one of four that went. And I don't know what happens to the other three, but I don't know. I, I think one of them entered college. I don't know that any of them finished it. Mm-hmm. But no yeah. one entered. But the other, the other three were really good athletes, and they could have done whatever they wanted to do. How many, how many years did you wrestle? Uh, four in high school and then four in college. And nice. then I coached one year afterwards. Nice. Where did you go to college? Uh, the College of New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And I got a degree, and I tell people I'm an astronaut because I take up a lot of space and time. Yeah. <laughs> but, nice. But actually, you know, actually, what I do have is a, I got a business management degree. Mm-hmm. And here's a funny thing about, here's another perspective thing for you. Yeah. Um, like management, right? What, what do you think management is about? Most of the times you think like middle-level management. You're uh, watching employees. You're micromanaging a bit. Right. You're like making sure a project gets done on time. Ex- yeah, there you go. So management, that, the, that's, I think that's, that's, how it's, that's what we really see in today. But really, the, the ma- management is a practice. And with the practices, it's a two-part practice. Number one, it's a practice of becoming effective. So whatever your goal is, you want, you want to hit your goal. And then the next part is become efficient. So management, and I'll give you two examples, one of which is the, the, the study of um, the size of a shovel. That's actually a management so, uh, study because you want to measure how much can I get the person to shovel without killing them. So there's a balance there, and you're trying to find that 
efficiency point, you know, is yeah. it too big, not big. So that's what management really can be in, in the certain senses. It's really to design something in such a way that it works the best possible way. Another reason, another way of looking at it is um, resources, which is what you're talking about, which is telling people what to do, which is people, what most people think. But the way I would really explain that, into, you know, assessing resources, like saying, okay, let's say I'm a home builder and it takes me 40 guys to, to build a house in two months and it costs X amount of money. Well, how can I get that number down to, you know, 30 guys and getting it done in a month and, you know, making that process better? Yeah. So that's another way of doing it, telling people and, and allocating your people. It's really allocating resources. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I apply those type of techniques to, to pretty much, doesn't matter what the thing is in front of me. I try to, you know, I take those two things, effectiveness, I want to hit my target first, then I want to hit my target without shooting as many bullets, Yeah. so to speak. So yeah. That's kind of like, you know, a perspective thing for me as far as like how I digest whatever it is. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... So how much did, like, sports, you say sports affected and made a big difference on your life and whatnot? Because it is one of those areas where it teaches discipline, teaches, like, so many aspects that you're not necessarily, you're not taught it in school. You're right. not taught it in a classroom. Like, somebody saying, hey, you got a responsibility to your teammates. In school, you're, like, a solo person just trying to get your work done. Yeah, it's, you know, no one tells you that it's lonely at the top. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's a, that's a truth. It's lonely at the top, you know, to, because you aren't out partying and doing the things that other people do and trying to, you know, when you're, I, I used to, you know, I think about the other guy. What's the other guy doing? The other guy's not out partying. If he is, he lost. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You know that. You know it's it's lonely when you, you know, doing all, so, so for me, I think, like, especially with wrestling and cutting the weight, um, things like that, those disciplines, those sacrifices... Um, it was hard. It was the the most grueling thing, and then and then all of a sudden, then I have to take a, a licensing test for for work, and I don't not a good reader. So that was be you know the next hardest thing I had to do. Yeah, you know, and I had to take the test three times before that thing happened. And then when I did, it's printing me money, right? Yeah, and I became a parent. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, it's the hardest thing I had to do. It's so it's yeah. funny, uh, but these other things, um, the sacrifice, you know, uh, if if you want to be, if you like to see your name at the top. Then it, it's a sacrifice. Unless yeah. you, unless you got, you know, there, there's also other ways of doing it that you can rig the game. There's other yeah. things like that. I don't have that kind of clout or pull, yeah. so I just gotta work hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And one of the things I think that I'm that I'm, I'm gonna teach when I, you know, wrestling is you never leave it up to the, never leave it up to the ref. Don't let the ref make that call on the line. Yeah. Don't let someone else make that call. Yeah. You know, know you got that point. Yeah. Know you got that takedown. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's that's kind of that's so to me. Um, I can't wait to get my kids involved in sports. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, I wrestled for one year in high school. I did it as a senior. And thankfully, I was on JV. Like, our team was pretty good. It was my first year. There was a good dude above me. So I didn't have to go through the cutting of weight. Like, right. the most I had to do was gain five pounds in, like, three hours. <laughs> and that was fucking tough. Because yeah. then it's just, like, holding in your piss. Like, yeah. You're, like, trying to get through the bus ride. You're, like, oh, I got to pee and I got two more hours to I'll go. It. Yeah. And it's fucking rough. And, like, so I was just really happy I didn't have to cut weight. But the kids that were cutting weight, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, you're you're alone. It's it's different. It's mentally grueling. It's tough, it and is. you're going through your school day, and you're spitting in a water bottle, and you're just like running, and oh, it's it's rough. Like I felt bad for those kids that were doing that. I would never have taken it back. There's so much stuff that's going on right now that it's like it helps prepare me. I I felt like it has helped prepare me for what's going on. The mental, 
even now I'm not invincible. You know, I'm not, I still have moments, even this, this weekend I was telling Heather, but they're few and far between because of things like that. I think, yeah. you know, the, the, the sacrifice and things, it's easier. Yeah. You know, especially doing grueling stuff like that. Geez. Yeah, no, when you do that, everything else kind of falls into perspective a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember what I did. Like, it was, that's nuts. It's nuts having to cut weight like that. And even just wrestlers in general have a different mindset. They're much more intense, much more serious, much more get the job done and just like machines kind of. Yeah, yeah, man, manpower. That used to be a word, you know. We used to have that word. It's called manpower. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when I was like 15 or whatever and I was going to going to work with my stepdad and he goes like, are you one? Are you equal to one manpower? And I was like, what's that mean? He goes, you're going to earn your 100 bucks today or are you just going to give it to you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know I mean? and, then, and then after one day, they fired the other two guys. All right, we'll give you 125. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, God. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. like, all right, you got it. We'll get rid of these other guys. Uh, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. Manpower. <laughs> manpower. I like it, man. So how long, when have you, when did you get into music? How long have you been into that? So my, my dad is, I'm lucky. I didn't actually pick up playing music until I was about 17. So luckily, okay. you know, my dad played. How old are you now? I'm 40. Okay. Yeah. So my dad was 16 when I was born. My mom was 15, and they were never together because they were just too young. My dad pretty much played rock and roll all the time. Um, but for me, I'm, and I'm so happy about the path because I grew up around real rock and roll. What I mean by that, I mean by the dysfunction. You don't, most people don't, they see it on TV, but to live it. And what I mean by living it is not being a rock star like on stage, but when you're in music and you're not a rock star, it's not the word is slumming it, it's just... It's a different lifestyle, and that's what I really grew up. I, I appreciate it, but I tell you, my wife wouldn't be able to handle it. A lot of people wouldn't be able to handle it. It's yeah. not the cleanest environment, um, but it's 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 just it's alive. It's alive. It's it's very much alive. There's a lot of dysfunction. The things that you do, it's it's very exciting. Um, there's there was no rules back then and things like that. Um, but I'm happy that I went to the route and I lived in it and, and I've seen it. I'm telling you, I had this theory. I have this theory about. Because I, I was always around people smoking and doing speed and coke and all that stuff as a, as a baby, that I think that you'll notice when you kind of you know when you when you're when you're getting good with people sometimes your your brains sync up, yeah. When you're hanging out, you know, yeah. um, you, spend, you notice if you're doing mushrooms, everyone kind of gets on the same buzz. Point is, is you know, as a kid, I was hanging out with people doing speed and all this shit, and I I think that it, because I wasn't doing it, but my brain was firing. Yeah, like I, I had this theory that my brain just fires fast because of it yeah you know what i mean because i was in the mindset i mean i, I watched a man trying to hide himself between a bed spring and a, and a you know in between a box spring and a bed you know like you didn't see the guy <laughs> hiding between the bed you know like i can see it dude you're 190 pounds and you're hanging out in the bed you know? you're, you're between the bed yeah. and the box spring so i'm i'm happy that i was uh, submerged in it because I, I grew up with a lot of people that kind of stayed in it and I, I learned you know say a smart person learns from their own mistakes a wise person learns from others mistakes yeah. so watching all this stuff I kind of I'm really comfortable around it um, but it doesn't bother me to be around it and I knew what not to do when you know I know how to say no and things like that so yeah. um, and I so <clears throat> took the path of took the path of you know sports and the professional and now and I and I started picking up you know guitar on the side uh, and now I'm to the point where it's like I, I think I've got my I got enough in me that I don't have to worry about the scary part and losing yourself when you really do it if you were to do it full-time because it is very in my opinion it's to really if you wanted to get to the top there's a lot of sacrifices to be made and I tell you people that have beautiful voices and play 
beautiful stuff, often it comes from a place of horror or terror. Yeah. And sacrifice, yeah, and loss. You know what I mean? It, you know, a lot of the people that have earned those voices mm. have lost a lot of things in order to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm, I was worried about that. So I'm happy that I took the long way and that I've kept my health that I can still do it now. And I have enough, I think, um, I'm not naive enough to hopefully lose my way if something should happen. Yeah. Um, but all along, though, the other, see, when I break music down, I break it down into two things. Knowing what to play and how to play it. There's two separate things. What to play is like the note, the scale, the, the you know, you're going to hit the 15th or the whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. The how-to is harder to learn. But because I was around it, my natural ability is right there because I, I grew around pe- I grew up around people playing, so I know how to hold it, how to strum, how to how to art, you know, how to really just get at it is the hardest part. People's hand strength and you know, it's really a, one of the most difficult parts. Um, you know how you, you know, just how you hold it, and that part is easier. The knowing what to part now, I kind of back myself into it. Yeah. So um, I think a, and a good way to another way of explaining it would be if you're a pitching coach. They say when you got a young pitcher, you want them to you want them to be wild and as powerful as you can at first. If you start to tell them not to throw it hard, they'll it's harder for them to gain the power. Mm-hmm. It's easier to control power eventually, but to gain power is not something that is easily done. So one of the hard you know, when someone's doing wild, 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 okay, and then you can you can control that. But if you tell them to stop throwing so hard to get it right down. That's not necessarily the best thing to do in that yeah. case. It's kind of it's kind of where it is. I was very I have a you know very wildness about it, and then the articulation, the control I learned over time. Yeah, and that's kind of that's what I, I, I and it's really what it is. I just watched my dad. My dad is like, you know, he was in Zoso, which is a you know Zeppelin tribute band. He's uh, Carlos in a Carlos Santana tribute band. He does Jimi Hendrix like nobody else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like him, but he plays it like him. Floyd, Zeppelin, all those things. They're like tit-tat. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because as I, being in the music scene, I go out all the time and you see people and they're like, yo, this guy's really great. He's got to play some Hendrix stuff. And I'm like, you set me up to be disappointed because, yeah. you know, and I feel bad because I'm such a snob when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah, you I, know. I'm not a jerk, like I don't say, you know, but I'm just like, I'm always, so yeah, I, I, it's, 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 my dad, my dad probably didn't do anything because he had it. He was saddled with a kid. Yeah. But he's that good, you know. Like I said, he's in. He's been in Zeppelin tribute band, and he's and he's Carlos Santana. And uh, what I think he's feel like he's in another one too. He's you know, he, he plays in the, the Santana gig. They play in front of. They play at arenas, not arenas. They play in like halls. Nice, halls. nice. Where did uh? So when did you get into music? How old were you? So I was seventeen. That's actually when I left my dad, and I was kind of really on my own. I if I didn't play it like him, that's I, so he never taught me. Yeah, it never taught. It, it's one of those things where. Sometimes it's easier to learn than it is to teach someone. You, if you're just sitting there watching someone, sometimes works better than someone trying to teach. Like, he couldn't teach me. I couldn't be taught from him. Mm-hmm. Probably because of our relationship or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't able to experiment until I was out yeah. and I had the room. And actually, so, you know, I'm a, that's, I think that's where I get my writing ability. He's a very proficient guitar player, but he does not write. Mm-hmm. nearly like I do yeah and I think I have um I, yeah so that's where I think I'm my gift is or, or you know as opposed to him where he's more you know classically trained and yeah a lot more what's the word just 
clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, the rock star <clears throat> lifestyle is a wild lifestyle. Like, I haven't experienced it too much. I've experienced the party lifestyle a little bit in, like, the rave format and, like, the music festival scene and, like, little bits. But the rock star, especially from the older days, is fucking nuts. And still to this day, if you get in the right scenes. Dude, we, we, me and Heather all the time, like, it's just, it's great. Well, we went up to like, like New Year's Eve a couple years ago. We just showed up. We walked into a place. We couldn't see anything. We just turned around and a guy ran over to us. He goes, yo, you want a place to sit? And he invited us. I mean, we'd be surprised how often I'll just go somewhere talk about, and it's just about, and it's funny because they, you, you recognize each other. You recognize someone that just wants to go out and have a good time. And, and they, and I've been invited along. I'm telling you, I've had, I've been in New York city where back in people's caddy um, it's all kinds of, he had a hand all kinds of crazy stuff it's it's yeah. it's fun it's not like it used to be that's for sure um it's fun and i'm hoping that it comes back i mean covid kind of squashed a lot of things yeah um, yeah it squashed the party yeah man jeez <laughs> that was that was you know i realized i didn't have any friends because it was like okay well i guess you know at covid like that's what it, that's what it showed me was because like i guess i would always just go out to the bar i have kids and all so i can't you know what I mean? It's like I don't hang. I just generally don't hang out at people's houses anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when they closed it down, I was like, oh man. Yeah. You, know, you gotta, go, and then you gotta leave the bar at eleven or ten or whatever it was. I'm like, I guess I gotta go home. Said, Where's all my friends? I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I got no friends. Yeah, yeah. The house parties. I've always been a big fan of house parties. I always enjoyed that. It was like a, a nicer scene than uh, than bars for me because you could like sit down, you could get yeah. to know people. There's usually music playing. Yeah. It's usually couches. You get to know people over some drinks. That was always cool. But the rock star lifestyle is, is wild. Here, here you grew up around people doing speed and coke is fucking nuts. It, it as was, your, it as was. Kid. It, I mean, there was no rules as long as like, you know, as long as we didn't fuck anything up and break anything. I tell you, I don't remember the names of my teachers. And I just remember being in school, but like, I can't wait to go home because there was just no rules. As long as you, <laughs> and, and, but you, you know, it was, it's, it, it was, it was like, it really was. It was different back then. It really, no really was. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I mean, and again, I hung out with a lot of people that did the goofy stuff. I didn't always, I didn't do it, but I always definitely hung out with the people. Yeah. You know, but I was, I was a total straight edge up until college. I yeah. was like, when I tell you I was an athlete, like, yeah. I was, I mean, I grew up, I could hang out with people doing, you know, coke four o'clock in the morning, no problem. Just being straight. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Was, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was really, it's just an uppity kid back then. I didn't even drink coffee back then. Yeah. I'm telling you, that was an experience too. The first time I had coffee at work, and that's, yeah. like I was a total straight. I was like 24. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Don't do that anymore." Oh, Not man. here. <laughs> yeah, stop drinking the coffee, yeah, dude. Two like, nuts. If I drink coffee after three o'clock, like um, when I go into the studio for like vocal lesson or for for playing on vocal tracks, it's a great pick me up. Yeah, it gives you that oomph. Going to the gym, dude. Having coffee right before going into the gym, it's I burn out afterwards. You know, it's it's a, it's a definitely a steep fall, but. Coffee to me, because I didn't, you know, because I was late having stimulants put into my body, it works. I think that's another thing. I think because I didn't, I was a very natural person until later in life. So now things that I, that are stimulants to my body or get a, twice as much of effect than people that were doing stuff since they're like 13, 14. Yeah. So like I, you know, <laughs> so coffee makes me goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think there's like a lot of value in seeing other people do certain things, like whether it's drinking or whether it's certain drugs, you can kind of pick it up, not doing it right. and say, 
You know, I'm not looking. I see how they look <laughs> as they're drunk. I see how they look when they're on coke or on speed or on this or that. And you're like, you know, that doesn't look attractive. You know, I had an experience like that. I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's something that, that you experienced. You're like, I, I had experience. I was just maybe was like a maybe within the last year. I was hanging out with someone and we were hanging out one night and the guy tells me a story. And we were getting really, you know, we were getting close and he really opened up to me. And then we went out about two weeks later and he told the same story to someone else. But then it ended, it had a very different ending and the ending was so shocking that that was the last time I, that I wanted to do, do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I was like, I thought we had a moment and he told me, and he, but then he, I was like, what do I sound like this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what was he telling the same story? Yeah, but the ending was different. The ending it was, you know, it was about why he did this and then when he told the other person he told he, that he killed someone. Oh. And I, that's what I said. I was like that just that's, that fucked up my story. <laughs> he told me. Oh. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, that's why I got this. I'm like that's not what you just told me two weeks ago. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> I was oh, like, this, yeah. I'm ready to get off. <laughs> yeah. Let me off the ride. Yeah. I'll walk from here. That's funny, man. But but you know what, though? I appreciate that. I got to be honest. Um, those experiences, they really do stick with me. Like, um, I talk about perspective, too. Going back to the idea of perspective. I view me and everything else outside of me, right? So... You know, if I was to make up a figure, let's call him God, I wouldn't necessarily think that it comes through and talks in one form. So in my opinion, or what I like to to pretend or whatever, is different things happen. And I feel like that's okay. That's That was the message. Even though it, it could be from you, and it could be from someone else, but it's the same thing telling me, even though you're just a medium that I got the, whatever it was, the gist of that thing. Mm-hmm. And that, so I appreciate moments like that, because I could have gone down a path, um... You know, I was actually looking for something, whatever, whatever that was, and I could have gone down a path, but for whatever reason, it that was enough for me, and that was my lesson, and that was, that I felt like something was speaking to me with that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I hear you, loud and clear. <laughs> have you found a lot of messages like that come through? All the time. All the time. All the time. You know, I think, I, one of the things I started asking myself, it's funny, I'm not a religious person, I'm really not, and to think that I'm this, that I'm as spiritual as I am is a very weird thing coming from where I came from. Yeah. Um, but I really do. I feel like, and it was funny. I was thinking about, you know, having a conversation in my head with some guy. I was like, you know, he never stopped, you know, like you might, under, I don't know. I, Heather will understand this. I felt when I was a child that I was always being watched. Heather kind of had the same thing where, you know, she always felt like someone was watching her. And I think as kids, I think you get that. You're always like wondering what's out there. You know, and then you kind of grow up and I think we stop that. Yeah. But I didn't. (laughs) I really didn't. Uh, I, you know, I didn't really stop that. And I start looking at things and and I start seeing patterns and I even test it sometimes with some goofy shit. You know, I'll throw myself out there and I'll be like, oh, you didn't take, oh, wow. Okay. Well, so, um, but I I really do. I, I think it happens all the time. I think it happens to everyone. I think it's just a matter of, of catching it. I think that it's in front of us and whether or not we have the ability to recognize it, um, you know, when those moments happen. I can tell you, I, you know, I can go off and probably tell you about 15 or plus more stories of just where, like, the moment was like, this is that moment. And, you, you know, and... Do any of those special stories stand out? Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, the, like, the, like the day, like the day I met the, the drummer. The day I met the drummer... Um, might have been the night that we met 
or it was right around the time that we met because we were at the manor and I was hanging out with Bill and all of a sudden I look over to this guy and he was just sitting there, you know, he was just a kid, just a kid. And, you know, I did, I did one of these, now you guys can't see me here, but I did one of these, you know, you know, you looked, I looked them up and down, like I wasn't checking them out, but it's, it's a, it's not a, it wasn't a, you know, in a sexual thing, it was an assessment, you know, yeah. like, what am, what am I looking at? And I was, I was provoked to look <laughs> him up and down. I, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, a, it's, it has nothing to do with sex. It's just a matter of measurement. I mean, I, you know, we're, you're humans, you assess things when they come in. Uh, I assess everything. It's not that I'm judging, but you are, it's an assessment. It's yeah. weird. Anyway, mm-hmm. the point is I, I looked at him I said, he looked at me and looked back and about 10, 15 minutes, I was like, who are you? He <laughs> was like, yeah. what the hell kind of question is that? Me, who am I? I don't know. You just look like someone I should know. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, did, 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 did. I was like, oh, do you play any instruments? And he wasn't wearing any rock star guy. And he was only 21. Yeah. So he's a young kid. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Um, I didn't even think he was that young. But we just started talking. We exchanged numbers. And, uh, but that's, that was like a moment. That was like one of those, I didn't know what I was looking at, but I knew something was funny. That The night that I met Heather was like that. Yeah. The night I told her, told her that night when I met her, I said, at the end of the night, I said, you have, and I never said this. I'm not, I don't really, I don't hit on girls. I'm really actually shy, but it comes to that stuff. Even though I'm very confident as a guy, I don't like hitting on girls. I'd rather just wish they liked me <laughs> more. Yeah. Like, just tell me if you do. But anyway, yeah. so, so I, at the end of the night, and I'm not very, I'm very direct too, but not like this. I've never done this before, but I was, I told her, I was like, you know, I was like, you have the, exactly what I'm looking for in a girl. And the funny thing about that is she doesn't look like anything I would have picked. It was something else. She doesn't look like it. She's twice as the, the size of anything that I thought. Her hair color, every single thing about her is exactly opposite. But for whatever reason, it was something else. When you, and, I, and I said the very first day I met her, and um, it took a year and a half before we finally hooked up. And then we hooked up one time, and she was like, oh, we'll just be friends. I was like, I don't think it works like that with me. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice, man. How long have you guys been together? So my daughter's eight. So we just add one year because we were only dating for three months when she got pregnant. So uh, about 10 years. About wow. 10 years in April, I guess. All right. Decade, yeah. Nice, Decade, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Decade's strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been good. I mean, we almost had a breaking point. You know, we had three kids real fast and uh, we were losing. It was terrible. Uh, it had a lot of stress on our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um you don't have time for each other. You don't have time for yourself. You're outnumbered. It really almost broke us. We really, I'm surprised that we made it. I, I understand why people, you know, why, you know, we don't, we're not technically married through the state, you know, which is probably why we're still together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I told her and, and we both agreed, or I guess she agreed. I don't know. Uh, that neither one of us should ever be stuck. I, I'm a big, I, you know, I, I don't like how people hold the institution over each other and stuff. And, yeah. You know, uh, you know. So anyway, so, so, yeah, so we're happy. Cause we're it is, happy. it is weird getting the state involved in things. Yeah, I don't know why. And I, then if you want to separate, the state's got to get involved in things. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, this is between me and, me and her. That's a, who are, <laughs> who are you to, to now get in this? They're like, nope, we're involved. Yeah. It's like, it's a contract between you and. And her in the state. It's it like, is. Oh, it's, damn. It's, cra- it's crazy. So, again, I'm not a very, I'm not a religious person, but spiritually, I'm right there. I do not, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm such a spiritual person that I have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to law. Because I, because I feel like, 
man's law is here and God's law is so far up here. And if like you just act like this, we wouldn't have to worry about this bullshit. Yeah. You know, we, you know, if you, if you decided to speed, it wouldn't be a problem if you could afford the consequences, but that's, but people don't, they're not responsible. That's why we have insurance and that's why we're forced into other things because we're not responsible for what we do. Yeah. You know, no, you know, if you could pay your bills and, and then it w- we wouldn't need things like that, but they have to throw it on us like that. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, we got seven o'clock. I don't know when you're looking to leave. We got a nice open mic night planned tonight. Yeah, so I'm all I'm all about the off the cuff, right? Like this was kind of weird, like not weird, just random. But I'm a very random off the seat, you know, off the seat of my, you know, by the seat of my pants. You know where that comes from, by the way? Where? By the seat of my pants? No. So back in the I guess when they first the first fighter pilots before they had radar, they said they would they would fly by instinct or better known as by the seat of your pants. Yeah. So that's it was just instincts. Yeah. So you're flying by the seat of your pants. You're you're not really you know your navigational tools. You don't have the radar and stuff like that. So I think. That's where that comes from. I just wrote a song, actually. Did you? I put that on. A f- I fly by the seat on the tip of a bullet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Excited about that. That, man. Nah, that's cool. What are you performing tonight? Um, so I'm going to do... I got three songs that I have backing tracks for. Backing uh, tracks? Yeah, what so... What are backing tracks? Backing tracks are... Uh, so I, pay, I hired a drummer, a really, 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 really good drummer, to, to do some uh, studio stuff. Uh-huh. So I went in, did it, did, you know, tracked the drums, and then I went back in and did all the stuff on top of it. So I have a completed version of the song. And then what I did was I, I stripped the vocals out and I stripped the lead guitar out. Now mm. I have a backing track. Okay, cool. So it's a live performance. It'll sound like it's a full band. You'll have bass. You'll have all my, my backing guitars. Not my guitar, but the backing guitars. So, nice. Uh, you'll have a good, it should be a decent, uh, uh, you know, uh, portrayal of what the real song would sound like. Cool, man. With the, with the wolf band, so. Cool, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. no, our, our uh, conversation this past Monday was so fucking perfect. Because I was like, wait a minute, because I've been looking to do some comedy up at a stand-up. And then I was perfect because I was talking to Meatball that night about doing some DJing at Armax. Because I'm planning to do that within, like, probably the first or second week of January. Cool. I'm going to be DJing there. Cool, man. And bring, like, a nice dance vibe into it. And I'm, nice. like, fucking excited. And I was like, chat with you. And you're like, yeah, I just got back from an open mic. I was like, no way. I'm looking to do some comedy at an open mic. Nice. And I was looking to do that for a while. And I was like, oh, perfect. Do, do you do that every Monday? And you're like, I'm doing it next Monday. I was like, let's do it next Monday. And that's one of those synchronicity kind of things that that just, wow, that was easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm weird like that. And it's, it's you know, I like doing the random things. I really do. I like to go out. I'm a real, I'm a social butterfly. Even with the three kids, I can still go out and do, you know, I hold down the job. I do. If, if the way I look at it is, I between about nine o'clock and about three o'clock in the morning is my only time to myself. About ten o'clock, my wife goes to bed usually early. So mm-hmm. for me, if I want to do me, it's between ten and two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know, ten at night and two o'clock in the morning. That's my that's Jimmy time. <laughs> uh, nice. So, but yeah, do I only sleep probably four four hours? If I get five hours, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If I got five hours, that's a lot. I got about four. Okay. Sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, but I'm excited that you're coming out, man. And and, and who knows what's going to happen? I wish there was more. They used to be a lot more prevalent around here, and they used to be open later. Um, so I know we'll get we'll get there tonight. And uh, I think next, yeah, starting next week, I don't know, or starting next month, I don't know what's going to happen out there in Philly. I think a lot of goofy things are going to happen in Philly. Oh yeah, the the restrictions are increasing. Yeah, something like that. That's I what I hear. Yeah, that's I hear that too. All right, we'll take it as it comes. Yeah, yeah. If not, you know, no big deal. I, you know, I guess I go back to the studio, do studio stuff. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Either way, we'll make it work. Yeah, exactly. 
Cool, man. Well, I'm glad I got to. Uh, we got to do this again on uh, when we get a little bit more of a, a time time yeah. frame to yeah, to man. work with. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sorry about the uh, you know having dinner run late or whatever, but yeah, we'll do it again. We'll get some more people out. Maybe we will get some more people to go to an open mic. Yeah, you know. I, I don't know, man. I go, there's a couple, there's one pretty much almost every day of the week if you want to go somewhere. Yeah. So they're out there. Oh, cool. Yeah, this one out in Philly would be really good, I think, especially if you haven't done it in a minute. Nice. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right, brother. Well, thanks for coming on. You got it, man. We Thank you. We can wrap you. it up now. All right. And I hope everyone enjoyed listening because yeah, you're a cool brother and you got some good things to say. Yeah, well, come check us out. Uh, Mercy's Revenge. We're at Mercy's Revenge on Facebook. I think it's uh, M-E-R-C-Y apostrophe S Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited about that. Um, if you guys are interested to new music, um, check it out, man. Good, man. Good deal. Yeah, I'll, uh, any other way, any way they can get in contact with you? Is that the Facebook page is the best Facebook, way? Facebook, I think I, I own the website, but I don't know how, I don't know how it works. I'm, we're not there, like, I have nine songs, we're almost there, I'm like, I got these, I got like, one of the greatest fucking bass players, and I got a really good drummer, I can't get them together. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I have, we have three songs that are copywritten, six songs that were work, I have, I have nine. I can't, and I just wrote that another one, I, 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 I just wrote another one. I um, I can't get them together fast enough to pump out the songs. Yeah, and I, I'm very excited. I, I'm excited. To, listen, I, th- I hope you're going to be a good advocate for what you're about to see because I've been talking to Meatball, and I, he's like, uh huh, uh huh. He's kind of like give me a nod, like uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Like man, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Like I'm, I'm conceited sometimes. And I'm not. It's weird. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I'm probably not talking up loud enough, and, and they're just kind of like, uh huh. Yeah. And this, but this is like the time where it's like, guys, this is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think what it's about is just like spreading it to as many people as possible. Yeah. So that's... that it's meatball, whether it's the next venue where it's like hitting as many as possible. Like meatball has just got one place. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, he's got. I mean, I don't know. Like you were saying, trying to get more dance dance theme. Um, that can happen. He's got the he's got the room for it, and he's got the capacity. And with the deck on that shit, man, he's got he's got a nice setup. Yeah, yeah, so cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. I'll check you guys soon. You got it. Until next time. Peace. Peace.